From somewhere in Northeast Indiana, Mike Davidson lives. And now your host of the podcast, Mike Davidson. Oh, yes, Mr. Robert. Thank you very much. I am Mike. This is Mike Davidson Lives. Thanks for joining me on this go round. And we've got some stuff piled up here to talk about here. Um, recording this late Sunday night, and I'll tell you why it's late again. Uh, it's so late, it's actually Monday morning, but uh, you'll do it in just a few moments. But uh, over the weekend here in Indiana, uh, this has been something that's been going on for like five or six years now, uh, going back all the way to. 2017 out of the small town of Delphi, Indiana, which uh, not too far off from where I used to live. Uh, Abby Williams and Libby German. They were a couple of uh, preteen girls who uh, went out walking on the Monon Trail, wooded area, and were unfortunately murdered. And for five years they've been trying to figure out what has happened. And it looks like, um, and you, you'll probably be hearing this uh, after the press conference, I don't have a lot of de details to go on, but they have made a break in the case. They arrested somebody over the weekend. Fifty-year-old um, uh, Richard, yeah, Richard Allen, who lives in Delphi, pharmacist in that town. Uh, I'm not sure what his connection to this is yet, but uh, he was arrested over the weekend, and uh, they had to hold him in a, a facility outside of Carroll County because, uh, well, it's. He he's probably not the most liked person in that county right now, understandably so. Uh, so they're going to reveal his connection to this case. Um, and I'll comment more about it here, but I was just kind of reading up on it and some other characters associated with, uh, with this unfortunate murder, double murder that happened five years ago. Pretty twisted stuff, and uh, we'll find out more as that goes along, but... Uh, yeah, there's a, there is kind of a Kokomo connection to it, uh, maybe. But again, I kind of have to wait and see how this all plays out. All right, um, me personally, I've uh, been kind of in a funk physically last couple of days. Uh, worked, damn, I worked damn near 12 hours Friday, and I probably didn't feel up to snuff until about 4 o'clock Saturday afternoon. And I just, like, I was just cranky and irritable. I mean, working 12 hours will do that. And my wife was like, you know, I love you, honey, and everything. But this morning, you were just unbearable. And I didn't realize how unbearable I was. But uh, she she actually had to uh, play boxing manager and throw in the towel for me because I was uh, overextending myself, she thought. Uh, there was a trunk or treat uh, here in the town that we live in that I was going to take the girls to. And I felt obligated. And she goes, look, you're just not feeling up to it. You're not, you know, you are you need a rest. You need to take some you time. Don't worry. The girls will find plenty of candy uh, coming up Halloween night, which is uh, well, this night, actually, coming up. Hopefully it doesn't get rained out. Uh, but that was a, a good call on her part because I probably would have gone to this thing being irritated at uh, adults and um, maybe, maybe a couple of kids. Um, but they're they're excited about Halloween tomorrow night or this night or whatever night, and uh, I'll try to review that coming up maybe uh, with the next podcast. We'll see how everything kind of forms. But uh, also kind of tired because uh, spent damn near all day in the car or down in Indianapolis. Uh, met up with a fraternity brother of mine, Rob Haywood. Had an extra extra ticket to uh, this evening's Colts and Command Skins game. 
down there at Lucas Oil Stadium, uh, the beginning of the Sam Ellinger era, uh, which will probably not be a very long era, uh, just because of the circumstances. Uh, he didn't play too bad tonight, considering that uh, here in the last uh, damn near season and a half, uh, he's never taken a snap in the NFL. Granted, it was against the command skins, and, uh, you know, he did all right for himself. They had a lead going uh, in the 10 minutes of the fourth quarter, like 16-7. to seven. And the crowd was pumped. And things just kind of fell apart. Uh, I don't know if it's because he was the new guy, but I think uh, Frank Reich had him playing very conservatively, not aggressive enough to get the first down, and the defense just gave in for whatever reason. They played admirably for about 50-odd minutes, and then uh, they just gave the game away, the final score being 17-16 command skins. And uh, we're, we're walking out, and, you know, a little disclosure, uh, Haywood, not the biggest Colts fan. He's, he's more of a Dolphins guy. Um, but we're, we're walking out with some other disgruntled, upset Colts fans, and it's frustrating to watch a game like that, but I was, I was kind of resigned. It was just like... Eh, because going in, I had kind of the, uh, the bar set low, all right? Uh, but you, you had these people saying, fire Frank, fire Frank, uh, Frank Reich. Uh, it wasn't like everybody was saying it, but just enough drunk guys to irritate the hell out of me. And all the way back uh, out of the game, we were talking, and he goes, you know, and, and Rob brought up a good point here. It's not that if you change the coach, midway through the season, things are going to change, you know. I mean, yeah, he could have coached that uh, last, the last 10 minutes a lot better, but uh, that's not all on him. And, yeah, you because know, the Colts are just kind of an average, mediocre team as a, as a bunch of teams here in the NFL are this season. And, and I kind of agree with that. I, I think Frank Reich's job is in peril, but I think it's more or less because he, uh, he uh, tried to uh, – stick up for uh, Carson Wentz and uh, championed him last season when clearly Carson Wentz was not the guy. I think that's what's got him in hot water. Um, it, it, you know, if if that hadn't happened, if things had turned out better, I think Frank Reich's job would be secure. But, I mean, it's almost like they have to make the playoffs or else. But that same token, firing him midway through the season is not going to fix a damn thing. But I, I thought Ellinger did play well. Uh, you know, he lost a fumble, but uh, no interceptions, and the dude could move unlike Matt Ryan. Uh, so we'll see what happens when they play in Foxborough coming up uh, Sunday. Not to turn this into sports talk or anything. Uh, speaking of Foxborough, their, uh, their wayward son, Tom Brady, congratulations to him. I guess uh, Thursday Night Football, he became the most sacked quarterback in NFL history, uh, just as... Uh, he got sacked by uh, Giselle. That marriage got ended after 13 years. And, again, I won't be scratching my head at this one for a long time. I think a lot of people are. Um, because, you know, Tom Brady's already got seven rings. He had, this, he had the beautiful supermodel wife and the kids. And then uh, he goes back on his word about retirement and comes back for one more season. And, yeah, he's... He doesn't uh, have uh, access to his family anymore as much as he'd like to because of the divorce. And he's not winning. Um, it it kind of reminds me of um, The Hustler, the Paul Newman movie, when he's beating a, a Fats Domino, and he keeps beating him at the beginning of the movie, but uh, 
the, the more uh, the game goes on, the games go on, the drunker he gets. In fact, Domino ends up winning. It's almost like Tom Brady's like, hey, I'm winning. I can pull out now and just appreciate the fact that I won. Or I could keep going until I fall apart. And that just seems, that's kind of the vibe I'm getting from this dude right now. Kind of unnecessary when you think about it. Um, so, that said, enough of the football stuff. Let's talk a little bit about Halloween here. Um, like I said, the girls are excited. Uh, one town just outside of Grand Rapids up in Michigan. Kids are going to be a little despondent because parts of that town are going to be off limits to trick-or-treating tomorrow night or Monday night. And uh, this Winnedote, I can never... I don't know how every town is pronounced, but it's just outside of Grand Rapids, and a portion of that town is uh, kind of cordoned off. Uh, they're not having anybody use the sidewalks because apparently one house there has an infestation problem. This sounds like a hoarder house. And so the city um, is trying to do all they can to kill all these cockroaches. It's so bad that uh, they're afraid that the, uh, the, the roaches will try to embed themselves outside uh, in in uh, trick-or-treater costumes and uh, make the rounds. And if kids step on the eggs, they could pick them up and bring them in houses and make the infestation worse. I mean, that is something straight out of a horror movie right there. Uh, I'm just thinking how dirty does a house have to be if you're walking by it? You're walking by this house and you could inadvertently cause uh, this plague of roaches to happen. Yeah, uh, that, that's got to be a pretty pretty bad thing right there. Uh, so hopefully they take care of that. And, 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 of course, you could always drive your kids to the, the richer neighborhoods where hoarding is less likely to happen. Now, speaking of bugs in Halloween, this um, this is, I think this has got, uh, become kind of an annual tradition here uh, with the media. There's always those stories uh, that just seem like they make their way around when a particular holiday uh, is about to occur. Like, okay, Thanksgiving, don't deep fry your turkey indoors. Christmas, here's how much the 12 days of Christmas would cost today if somebody was that asinine to go buy all those freaking birds, right? And then New Year's, don't shoot your gun up in the air. Uh, there seems to be like a few of these with Halloween. First of all, the THC-laced candies, which are too expensive just to hand out to kids, right? Um, and then there's this one where, okay, everybody uh, kind of gangs up on candy corn, and they bring up the fact that uh, there's a, a secretion from some certain beetle they use to make the candy, and that's what makes candy corn hard, and, uh, you know, it, it uh, that's what makes it disgusting. Well, first of all, if, if you thought about if you thought about all the things that went into the food you ate that's not candy corn, uh, you'd be disgusted. There's that video floating around about the McRib, and now everyone was disgusted about that. I had one on the way home tonight because I had to. Uh, you got you to gotta eat what you can to survive. And kids, they don't give a crap where the sugar comes from. As long as it's sugar, they're going to consume it. Yeah, the, the candy corn beetle secretion thing doesn't really phase me one iota. Um, so there's that, but kind of going hand in hand in that, uh, there was a list that was released not too long ago of the most disgusting Halloween candies and candy corn was only number two on the list. Number one, uh, which I totally agree with here, circus peanuts, because those things are just straight up sugar. And like, you, by the time you eat the second one, you've got diabetes, black licorice, uh, didn't rank over the 
uh, circus peanuts. You can make an argument for black, black licorice. I have to be in the mood to like black licorice. But uh, candy corn, uh, despite how many bug parts they used to make it, is the nickelback of Halloween candy. There's a lot of people that profess to hate it, but there's also a lot of people that like it, and that's why it keeps getting made by the buttload every freaking Halloween. All right, um, into the world of rock music here. Uh, Motley Crue, of course, uh, doing another tour. Probably not going to be a farewell tour, or maybe it is. Uh, this past summer was a farewell tour of sorts for Motley Crue, and I and I kind of get this as much as I you know like to crap on that band. Uh, Mick Mars, he's seventy two. Yeah, he's he's an old dude. He was the, he's always been the old dude in that band. Uh, he is stepping away from touring because he's got uh, this really weird, freaky arthritic condition that affects pretty much any moving part of his body. And I can see how that's a, a hassle for him. So, you know, kudos to him on stepping away and actually, you know, taking the time to enjoy the rest of his years in relaxation without having to worry about, um, you know, standing upright for three hours for a show. Uh, John Five is going to take over the helm as guitar player. That's actually a pretty good sub right there, um, because John Five I think is a, a very underrated guitar player, and he's done stuff with Rob Zombie for years and years. And for the crew to score him as their uh, touring guitarist uh, as they hit the road in Europe next summer with Def Leppard, that's a definite plus right there. And it, it's still going to be Motley Crue for the most part. Uh, I'm sure Mick will be there in spirit, but I mean they're still gonna be loud and obnoxious, and you know Tommy's gonna be spinning, and uh, Vince Neil's voice is gonna be given out. But at least John Five will be there to kind of carry the load uh, as they go on. Uh, now, could there be a reunion on the way between uh, Robert Plant and Jimmy Page? Dolly Parton, she too, by the way, uh, kind of in the McMars uh, thing. Uh, getting a little up in years, and she says she's probably never going to tour again. But, you know, she probably doesn't have to tour again either. Um, she was talking about how she uh, did that uh, covers album years back. Uh, she actually covered some rock songs, and I think she covered Stairway to Heaven. She said she would love to do a more rock version, a more faithful version of that song. And she wouldn't mind getting Paige and Plant together for that collaboration. And again, you know, if anybody knows how to bring them up here together, it would be Dolly Parton, if you know what I mean. Um, but, you know, there, there are a couple things on that. Uh, yeah, I would be intrigued by that collaboration, but I just don't think it would ever happen. Uh, mainly because if Paige and Plant got together, Paige would be like, hey, we can get Led Zeppelin together. And Robert Plant would be like, whoa, 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 no, no, we're, we're done with the Zeppelin stuff, dude. I'm, I'm too old to be singing the Led Zeppelin songs. Uh, and I think Robert Plant's content doing his solo thing, making music. You know, he's just finding other ways to be creative. And, you know, the Led Zeppelin stuff's behind him. Also, uh, Robert Plant is notorious for hating Stairway to Heaven. He said, lyrically, like I look back at it now, I, I don't know what the hell I was trying to say with that song. Um, you know, I don't know it's a, a very recognizable song for a lot of Led Zeppelin fans and non-Led Zeppelin fans, but he's just like, nah, don't don't want to do that. But, I mean, if there's a way they did a uh, did do a Page and Plant thing without the Zeppelin, I, I think people would be interested and intrigued by that. 
And if Dolly Parton wants to come along for the ride, why not? Because, you know, I, I, I would love just to hear what that would be. So, you know, that's kind of uh, kind of her wishful thinking there. Um, by the way, I think uh, if anybody had a worse week financially than uh, Kanye West, and boy, that guy has been really, really off the rails. I mean, he's been losing deals left and right, and they're saying if this continues, you know, financial ruin. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg, for the last year, has pretty much been, you know, taking it in the balls. Uh, like, uh, la around this time last year, he was worth, oh, shit, what was it? Um, about $140 billion with a B dollars. He's still a billionaire, but now uh, he is worth $38 billion with a B dollars. See, he has lost $100 billion in the course of the of year. He's still a billionaire, uh, so I think he's going to be okay. But that's a, that's a huge chunk of money right there. And a lot of it uh, is attributed to the fact that he's still champion the metaverse. And investors are pretty much thinking this thing is a flop. And when you're losing money, I mean, it's kind of hard to argue against that. And uh, what? how would you describe this thing? Um, you, it's like, okay, you can enjoy real life, but only... This time, it's virtual. I would have to think that the fact that this thing is bombing is a pretty good sign for humanity altogether because it proves to me that, you know, even after a pandemic, people still want to get out and experience and enjoy the real thing. I mean, this game I went to tonight uh, ultimately sucked if you're a Colts fan, but still a great experience to see a, a live NFL game. I... Watching it virtually would be just stupid. Uh, you know, they, they've done virtual concerts. I think there's going to be like a virtual OzFest. But seriously, uh, wouldn't you rather see an Ozzy Osbourne in his prime? I mean, it kind of goes back to that whole uh, uh, touring hologram thing with like touring Tupac and uh, touring... Like somebody was trying to do a, a, a holographic Dio. Uh, it's not the real thing. If it's not the real thing, it's kind of hard to enjoy. You know, there's only so much virtual reality a person should be exposed to. I mean, I know I know guys at work that talk about uh, modern warfare and, you know, how they like to stay up all night and game. But, you know, you still have to get out there and you still have to associate with people and go to work. And you can't substitute fun with virtual reality. And I think Zuckerberg, who has been in... Uh, in uh, encamped in social media. You know, that's basically how he's made his money, his bones. I mean, sure, he's gone out and enjoyed things on his own because he's a billionaire, but, I mean, doesn't he think that other people would rather have the actual experience than a simulated experience? You know, at the end of the day, the simulated experience is just that. It's not like you were actually there. Uh, but uh, he's still championing this thing, and uh, Lord knows how that's going to play out in the, the long run here. Uh, the game is pretty much over and done with um, over, I guess, at the rival Twitter. Uh, Elon Musk is now the uh, the head honcho, the head twit. Uh, that that uh, deal has been finalized. He's uh, fired some guys, uh, and it is rumored that uh, he will cut up to 20 uh, anywhere from like 25 
to 75% of the work staff. And, you know, normally when you hear uh, layoffs around the corner for a manufacturer or something, you feel bad because of, uh, of uh, you know, the families that these people have to su uh, support, the hard work they put in. Uh, you know, not everybody's a gold bricker in a, in a factory situation. You know, there are, there are people that genuinely work hard and give a damn about what they do, and it sucks when they do lose their jobs. I'm not really feeling it with a lot of these people at Twitter if they do lose their job. Uh, I have this linked up on the Mike Davidson page, and uh, uh, it's from uh, Not The Bee, and they got this from Libs of TikTok. And, some, and I thought at first this was a parody. Because in this little uh, demo video, uh, the way this woman was talking, like, and all the things that she was presenting, I was just like, this can't seriously be a work environment. Uh, but if you want to take a look at it, you can. I'll describe it here as just asinine. Uh, they, they have catered meals. They have a, a coffee machine that makes all sorts of fancy drinks. They have a wine bar. Uh, they have a little um, rec room with a foosball table. Uh, they have meditation rooms, they have yoga mats, you can go up on the top of the building and play cornhole, unwind with your friends. There just seemed to be a lot of things in this work environment that involved unwinding. And it really didn't show a whole lot of places where you could work. Okay, maybe there was like a meeting room and a library, but that was about it. And I'm looking at this video, like, this is real. Uh, then my daughter Lana's a pre-K classroom is probably far more studious than what these adults do. And, it kind of, you know, if this, if everything I'm looking at and you see is real uh, in this video, it, it kind of goes hand in hand with the mindset of, uh, of the censoring that has been going on there uh, in the pre-Musk era. Um, because if you're always concerned about the stress level you're experiencing and you, you spend more times on more time on winding and playing and resting and all that stuff of course a lot of opinions are going to be abrasive and you're not going to like them and you're going to review them and um, that's where my sympathy for anybody that gets fired pretty much just stops you know, because a lot of people have had their ideas stifled, their voices stifled by these very people that don't seem very tolerant because any little thing would disrupt them. They're too busy unwinding. You know what I mean? Uh, so if, if these people see their way out, I, I'm not going to shed a tear. Of course, I've read that uh, some places like Google and Meta have been snapping them up. And I'm like, really? Meta is hiring right now? Not after this week, I can tell you that much. Uh, so there's that. Um, I kind of want to wrap up with a couple things. Well, actually, just this one thing. Um, Matthew Perry, uh, he's got the new book coming out uh, this week, The Friends, Lovers, and Very, Very Bad Things. I think it drops Tuesday, and it'll probably sell, like, I don't know, 17 copies. Um, it just, like, the, the stuff that's been leaked from this book, is amazing uh, because he thinks that this is stuff that people want to like read about, learn about, uh, and maybe he's got those fans that will snap up this book and read it. But I, you know, for somebody that's not a big fan, um, he he seems more disgruntled and bitter than anything uh, 
from what I can tell. And uh, you know, I'll, I'll go. I'll circle back to the uh, Keanu Reeves thing here in a second. But uh, the latest thing to be kind of leaked out to the media to get the buzz going is like uh, the movie Fools Rush In. He did that with Salma Hayek, and uh, he was talking about uh, working with her and how she gave weird acting advice. Like, uh, you know, they would meet up and she goes, okay, I think, you know, you should spoon me so we can, you know, kind of get into character. And he's like, what? And and granted, this seems a little odd, so I, it would be a little awkward for, for that to come up in a rehearsal. But, you know, when you're an actor or an actress, you kind of have to get over some things to, to make a scene work. And then, like, uh, there was kind of a conflict of vision, so to speak, especially when it came to looking at each other. She suggested him again before the shooting we shouldn't be looking at each other when we say hey, I love you uh, we should be looking into our future and he's like okay but I want to look at you when I say it because that's how I work and it just seemed like he was disparaging her uh, uh, because after 20 minutes of uh, acting advice from her and I don't know that it seems a little weird but it just seems like a little more sour grapes on Matt's part and like yeah, this is his first movie as a leading man, and he's getting all flustered with somebody who, well, is Salma Hayek. I can't, I can never get mad at Salma Hayek. Uh, I don't know about you, but I just couldn't. Uh, so, you know, there's this, and then the the whole Keanu Reeves thing, like, oh, I can't believe uh, River Phoenix is dead. I can't believe Heath Ledger is dead. can't believe Chris Farley's dead, but Keanu Reeves walks among us. It just seems like a really cheap cheap pot shot but I, I started thinking about this and you know it's obvious that uh, Matthew Perry for whatever reason doesn't like Keanu Reeves but if you were to get advice on how to write an, uh, a memoir an autobiography you know maybe you talk to Keanu Reeves because he is one of the more likable guys in Hollywood I mean I don't think he's got an autobiography I don't, he seems to be a pretty private guy but that's just it. Um, in knowing some of the stuff about Keanu Reeves, like in his earlier days, um, you know, he he was friends with River Phoenix. And he, I would have to think when uh, River uh, OD'd in his youth and died, uh, that kind of set Keanu Reeves a little more on the straight and narrow and more appreciative of his life and understanding how that's kind of a fragile thing and being appreciative of the fans that got him here. Uh, I would have I would have talked to him and reached out because when you're doing a memoir or an autobiography, you, you kind of want people to like you um, a little bit. And uh, yeah, the more I read from this book, uh, these little excerpts that are on the internet, it, the more I really don't care to know about Matthew Perry. Uh, and interesting enough, um, again, this is the internet. It's the wild, wild west of uh, information. You know, some people might be telling you the truth. Others may not be. You know, it's one of those things where you know, it's kind of shocking. You have to be kind of uh, discretionary. You have to, you know, figure out what's real and what's not real. Um, on the message boards, in the, in the comment sections of social media, um, I, I there would be people that said, yeah, I ran into either Matthew Perry and or Keanu Reeves. The people that have ran into Matthew Perry have uh, not had great, great experiences. It's almost like he is—he knows he's more talented and doesn't have time for you, that sort of thing. 
And uh, anybody that's running the Keanu, they always say the dude's just a perfect gentleman. The dudes, uh, the dude couldn't be sweeter, couldn't be nicer, uh, and he'll take the time to talk to you and all that stuff. Like so, like Keanu Reeves is kind of an elder statesman, kind of what you want Hollywood to be. And Matthew Perry, I think, is insanely jealous of that type of thing. And I think he's uh, insanely jealous and bitter that his career wasn't as great as it could have been. I mean, you know, he still was on Friends. Say what you will about the show, uh, good or bad. It ran for about 10 seasons. Made him a buttload of money that he blew on drugs. Um, but, it, you know, that is success. But he just doesn't seem like he appreciates that success. And, you know, sometimes that's what you kind of have to do in life is realize how good you got it. And if you don't have it good, ask yourself, why don't you have it good? And don't, you know, take cheap shots at people like, you know, Keanu Reeves. Or Salma, especially Salma. All right, uh, so that all said and done, i got to rest up. Uh, hopefully you have a happy Halloween or had a happy Halloween. Holidays just around the corner, you know, hold tight, right? Stay fresh, cheese bags. You've been listening to Mike Davidson Live. Be sure to check him out on social media. Like him at facebook.com backslash mdavidsonlives. Follow him on Twitter. Look for at Davidson Live.